0: Hey there, Knicks fans! How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. So, um, free agency has slowed down a little bit. We uh, covered all of the major stuff uh, Jeremy and I did on uh, our uh, usual show to start the week. No, no new news has happened since then. So we are going to pivot into uh, what I am deeming. Obi Toppin week, um, because Obi Toppin is the Knicks' newest draft pick. Um, Actually, no, he's not technically the newest draft pick. Their newest draft pick is Emmanuel Quickly, because Quickly got taken afterwards. Uh, I'm actually going to write about Quickly in um, an upcoming newsletter, so uh, be sure to check that out and subscribe to the Knicks Film School newsletter while you're at it. Um, In any case, so this is actually going to be the first of two episodes uh, focused on Toppin. Uh, The voice of... Of the Dayton Flyers, uh, since 1982. My goodness, that is longer than I have been alive. Incredible stuff. Larry Hansgen, uh, joins me on today's show. He, it's, it's, I could have talked to him for two hours, um, because he just had so many great stories about OB. And, um, I think, you know, I don't, whether you've watched a ton of tape or whether you've watched no tape or anywhere in between, I think you're going to, get some nice illumination on uh, the guy who... I'm going to say it. I think he immediately has the highest ceiling um, of any player currently on the Knicks, and and I realize that might be a bit of a controversial statement, but you know what? That's where I'm at. I think his offense is that good. Uh, the more and more I watch of him, I just... <sighs> Yeah, I think there's something there, and you're going to hear about that today uh, from Larry Hanskin, and then we are going to have uh, another episode later in the week, probably tomorrow, um, featuring Dan Sullivan, who hosts a podcast down in, or over in Dayton, I should say, Um, and going to talk a little bit more about Obi. So you are going to get to know uh, Mr. Toppin very well by the end of this week, if you tune into both of these episodes, Uh, the first of which, again, featuring Larry Hanskin, is coming at you right now. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, Uh, if you have ever been to the state of Ohio, you have heard this man's voice. He has been on WHIO radio for almost four decades. And uh, since 1982, he has been the play-by-play voice of the University of Dayton basketball team. Um, He also announces their football games now. He is an institution um, in the middle of this country, and I am... Uh, honored that he's uh, taken a few minutes today to join us on on the podcast. Um, Larry Ansigan. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm just real excited for
1: uh, all Knicks fans to get <laughs> um, uh, just a, a great player, a great person. Uh, you should be very happy, despite what Stephen A. Smith says.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> listen, we... I don't know that I've ever taken the time to talk about Stephen A. Smith on this podcast. I'd rather not change that if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, all due respect to him. Actually, before we get to Obi, I have to ask, because, I mean, 40 years announcing for Dayton basketball, are you at the point yet where you've kind of looked back and be like, my goodness, this has been quite, a I mean, you don't hear that very often. Someone staying there for that long. What has it been like? Well, you know, let, let me tell you something. It, it's um, I'm not from, I'm from
1: Ohio. I grew up in Columbus, but uh, I, I don't know that anyone in the broadcast industry ever says, you know, my my dream is to get a job in Dayton, Ohio, and then <laughs> be there the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, that that's not stuff that people, you know, put down on their list of goals. But you know what? Um, but my dream, my reality is better than any dream I could have come up with. Uh-huh. Um, because um, the thing is, I mean, you, you want... If you're in broadcasting, podcasting, uh, any type of media, um, y- you want people to pay attention. You want to you- you matter. You want to matter. Ha- you want to do meaningful work where there are people that want to listen to you, uh, to read you. Um, and I-, I could not have more meaningful, more rewarding work than what I do right here because I'm involved in something that really matters to people. It it really matters and as a consequence, um, you know, that's it, it's made it a phenomenal run. And and be honest with you, one that I do not envision uh ever seeing come
0: to a close. As long as I can,
1: you know, well, once that's I great. Can do it, I'm going to.
0: Well, you seem like you're doing a pretty good job right now. So um and, and look, you've seen Dayton um Look, Dayton's been on on the map, obviously, for a very long time. They've had, you know, goes back to the middle of last century as a basketball, um, you know, school of some renown. You've had NBA players uh, come out of Dayton before. I think, you know, probably the two most notable are uh, a hair before your time, um, you know, Johnny Davis and and Jim Pax. And you've had some NBA players since then. I, I don't know, have you ever had somebody quite like Obi? Well, no. I mean, this is the first lottery pick. Um,
1: Jim Paxson uh, Junior. was a first round selection uh, in '79, uh, and then back in the '50s, a guy named John Haran was a uh, was a yep. first round pick. But uh, no, I mean, you know, I and you know, I've seen you know the 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 connections between Dayton basketball and New York. Um, I, I don't know how strong you know that they are, but they are. It's very significant. Inform us, please. Yeah, well, it began, you know, I'm, I'm going to give everyone a little history lesson here. That's what but, we're here for. <laughs> you know, Dayton, Dayton basketball got on the national map in the 50s. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named Tom Blackburn that took over a program that was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they started winning and he took them to their first NIT in, uh, in 1951. And that was a big deal. And they got to the finals several times in the 50s and um, train loads of Dayton fans would go to Madison Square Garden to watch the nit
0: and when it was the biggest tournament before the yeah before and and
1: the uh, and the fans in new york really took to dayton they uh, people i still run into people if ever i go to new york for anything and they find out i'm involved in Dayton basketball uh they go dayton those were the guys that wore the capes they had had warm their warm-ups they're pretty you know warm-ups they ran on the floor in these warm-ups and the, the the jackets they had capes that's and phenomenal. Uh, uh, people just thought, oh, they thought that was great. And, and, you know, so you're talking about a team that was, uh, you know, number three in the nation in 19, uh, 1956, uh, you know, a team that went to Kentucky and beat, won the, uh, the UK IT. Um, so uh, Dayton basketball, uh, you know, saw some prominence then. And then in the sixties was still there, went to the championship game against uh, sure. UCLA in 67. And then, you know, as the college basketball world got bigger, you know, Dayton s- became less
0: of a um, top tier program. But you had the Jim O'Brien years, which were, yeah. you know, went to the tournament that um, lost to, goodness, what was it? Na- the national champion Arkansas lost team, Arkansas. right? Yeah, lost to Arkansas. There yeah. you go. Know, but, you know, and then, you know,
1: sadly after that, though, the bottom fell out. Yeah. And uh, Jim, you know, Jim had uh, some bad years and, won six and seven games in consecutive years and, well, no, four and then six games in consecutive Ooh. years and got fired and thought he got, thought he got a bad deal on that. I couldn't, I do, mean, four games is four games. games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, when your when your football team wins more games in one year than your basketball team won in two years combined, uh, that that's, you want. That's, not, that's not a good health. So, um, but it's always been a program that has, um, you know, been very competitive uh within its league, has not dominated its league, but you know, and, and it had episodes and and for the most part, people have always judged it by tournament runs. And I think that's a lot that's what happens to a lot of schools. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there there, you know, there was a player that actually played with Coach Anthony Grant, who came out of Westinghouse High School in Brooklyn, a guy named Roosevelt Chapman, who's still the school's all time leading scorer and oh. was the most um charismatic player I had seen until Obi Toppin. And I told, I told coach Grant, I said, you know what? I think Obi's more popular than Roosevelt. And and coach Grant looked at me and rolled his eyes and he said, uh, I don't know. <laughs> coach Grant's coach, Don Donaher, who coached Roosevelt, he agrees with me.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned the tournament runs. Um, look, who knows what would have happened? Um, they were, I'm imagining they would have gotten one of the one seeds, uh, who, you know, you know, speculating. Um, do you think he would have been sitting there at the eighth pick if they had had, if all this hadn't happened and he had had an opportunity to maybe show his stuff on, you know, for a national audience more? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: You know, um, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's so much, this, this was a kind of a, a unique draft. Yeah. And, but there wasn't that, uh, that solid, Number one, and then everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a deeper draft than we've seen in recent years. I think that people, you know, got some pretty good basketball players. Like, you know, look at Devin Dotson, how far he fell into the second round. Unbelievable. I've seen, you know, I've seen this guy. He was Kansas' best player in Kansas, you know, it was either going to be Dayton or Kansas, Dayton, Kansas, Gonzaga, best team in the country, you know, and and he fell. So I, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's, um, I think everything happens for a reason. Uh, I I think that, um, you know, coach Grant and and the flyers have been very, you know, when they got back after finding out there was not going to be a NCAA tournament and Mm -hmm. um, they, they just really, you know, he really helped the guys get over it and then just really to put things to perspective about what, look what you did. Don't look what you didn't get to do. Look what you did and, and appreciate that and appreciate the time together. So you know, I think Obi ends up going to where he would have wanted to go. And I don't know if you saw pictures, you know, obviously social media. His mom put a picture on social media of him like he looked like he was maybe I don't know six or like,
0: seven, eight, maybe yeah. something and, like that. Wearing a Knicks jersey. It, that's a Latrell Sprewell jersey, which I have hanging in my closet upstairs. I'll I'll right. have you know. But and so what's no what's the number on it? Number eight. Number eight. He goes number eight to the Knicks. It was meant to be. I I love it. Um you know, being a Nick has not always been, um, over the last 20 years, something to uh, proudly say and proclaim from the rooftops. We got a kid in R.J. Barrett last year who seems seemed to be happy with the facts, still seems pretty happy with it. Um, we got another one here who, who he seems like he's excited about this. Dayton is not New York. Um, you know, Ohio is, is, is not New York. Dayton's not New York. Do you think he will, just being around him, take two the return home after two years in, in that setting?
1: I think, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I put this out, uh, uh, draft night, even, um, on Twitter. I said, I, I firmly believe this Obi can be to the Knicks. What Derek Jeter was to the Yankees. Wow. That I think he can be not just an all-star player, but that face that, you know, that, that leader in the community of your program, you know, and, and, and I think he's really got, he's even more outgoing than Jeter was kind of pretty of a quiet guy, kind of, you know, he was not out there. He had a way about him. That was right. Yeah. But he was the guy, he was the guy and he was the, you know, there was no doubt he was facing. And I think
0: Obie's got that. He's got that. He's what gives you that impression. Is there anything, one thing that stands out that gives you that impression or? Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll quote, What you know? I saw
1: it, but a lot of times I I look at what other people observe as kind of verifying and validating what I observe. And uh, Coach Donaher, who's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and Coach Anthony Grant, and 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 uh, he said the thing that amazed him about Obi, he goes, "You never see a team where the guy is also the best teammate." Wow! And he was the best player. He was the best teammate. He was um, the most engaging with with the fans. And one of the things that was amazing about Obi was that you know how a lot of great players have tunnel vision. Sure, you know they block everything out and they're just laser focused on the task at hand. You know the Kobe you know, Mamba
0: mentality, that type of
1: that, thing, which is one way to go. Yeah, well, it's it's it, and it's very effective for those type of individuals. You know the Tiger Woods. You know. Yeah. You know, that Obi is the type of guy that, you know, he would banter with the fans during the <laughs> course of the game. Opposing fans would be, you know, you know, you, you could say he had rabbit ears, you know, because he would hear what people say. But yeah, I mean, we they played a game, played a game at Richmond this year, and, and and this was the first hostile game they had to play. Okay. Okay. They played, you know, there's there's a lot of places the eight ten where Dayton would have more fans than the home team. That was the case, St. Joe's, LaSalle, it's always a case at Fordham. Um, you know, and, and so play at Richmond and they actually had opposing fans, hostile fans, and their baseball team sitting behind the basket and they've painted up and they, they were there before the Dayton team arrived. Oh, they were ready to go. Okay. They were ready to go. They're ready to go. You no, know, they probably had tuned up a little bit too. That
0: wasn't
1: about- <laughs> And so, you know, and Dayton's not like doing the official way up line stuff. They're just out just shooting around the court mm-hmm. and they're 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 all over OB. They're all over OB and they're saying overrated and all these, just, you know, just talking trash to him.
0: And, National player of the year, but okay, fine.
1: Yeah. And, and he's just, and, and he's <laughs> giving it right back to them. And in the second half, um, they were underneath Dayton's basket in the second half and he came down and I think he knew they were there Okay, because he came down and he threw down a windmill dunk. Oh, I know the one you're, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. That where one of his teammates actually was pantomiming behind him and he just <laughs> threw that down and literally right in their face and, you know, and just said, okay, what do you think about <laughs> me now? The postscript to this, he signed autographs for the
0: guys after the game. Oh, wow. That's see, that's cool to hear. And it's been a while, I think, since I'm not going to say we haven't had some personalities here again over the last couple of decades. But I don't know that the fans really ever other than Linsanity, which was kind of a weird thing. um, I don't know if the fans ever really took to it as far as like, okay, this is our guy. You know, he's ours. We we, you know, he's a good person. He's a really good person. This is a
1: high character kid. And his mind, I, when he was, uh, his freshman year, we we're playing a game at, at the uh, Mohegan sun casino in, up in Connecticut. And we're waiting in the lobby area to walk over to the, to the gym. Some woman comes up and she's asking, you know, someone told me you're a real life basketball player. Well, <laughs> How tall are you? And you know, and just dumb. I mean, totally dumb questions, total pain. And he was, patient with her. And yes, ma'am, I am. And I'm playing for the University of Dayton and we're here today to play Tulsa. And, um, you know, and uh, yeah, we're going to, and it just was so patient with her. And she leaves and comes back. She goes, oh, can I get a picture? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad. <laughs> So I tell his mom this and his mom goes, oh, not surprising. She goes, I called him the mayor when he was a little kid. Oh, that's great. I'd push him around in the stroller there in the streets of Brooklyn. I'd push him around in the stroller and he's
0: in the stroller going,
1: Hey there. Hi everyone, how you doing? Hey, hi, good morning. Hey, everybody, hi. And he unchanged.
0: That's that's, you know, um, so again, referencing how things have been around here, not so great. Um I think there is some new energy around the franchise with, you know, new president, um, obviously a new coach, Tom Thibodeau. By the way, do you think, again, just knowing the personality of, of OB as you do, you think a guy like Tibbs who kind of has a reputation is like demanding, but if you put in the work, he will get the most out of you. You think that partnership will, will go okay?
1: Yes, because he likes to be coached. He wants okay. to be coached. Um If you don't mind, I've got I've got stories to back up. By all means, okay. So his um, he had his first year at Dayton. He had to sit out academically. Yes. So, but he's practicing that year, and he practiced harder than. There was a a situation where um, I was hanging around practice one day, and um, there was a guy that wasn't playing a lot, and then Obi who could not play in the game that night. So they were having him run extra drills afterwards. And he's going hard and the other kid's not. And, and the assistant coach says, Come on, man, you got to go hard. Look at Obi. You know, he's trying to get better. You got to get better. And uh, the, the kid ended up walking off the floor. Oh, wow. And just, just yeah, I'm no. And, and, and Obi just worked, worked. He approached that year. Um, the strength coach said it. Um, the coaching staff, I saw. When he it. wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing. He, he attacked that year he attacked it to get better he attacked it he got bigger he got stronger he got better and he you know he wants to he he wants to be great he wants to be great i heard not
0: good he wants to be great
1: yeah i mean i, I you know i heard the you know the knock on you know anthony edwards in the number 1 pick is that you know does he does he have the drive to be great? I mean, does he kind of okay with where he is and and how he plays, or does he want to just be great? Obi wants to be great, and he wants to be coached. I mean, he wants to be coached. He wants someone to make him better than he is right now. He doesn't. Obi hasn't arrived. He's not arrived. He doesn't think of this as a destiny. You know, being he's a, not done yet. This isn't the. This wasn't a destination. This, he's, okay. He hasn't crossed any
0: finish line. You know this is the, a milestone, but he's not done running the race, so what I was starting to say before is that that attitude i think will and the positivity and the and a little patience maybe will will serve him well here because again there's a lot of a lot of bad stuff you know that's been going yeah. on in m s g for a while, and I think it's starting to turn around um the fans will you know, eighth, eighth pick, obviously national play of the year. I think already there's this thinking like, okay, part of the benefit of taking this guy is he's going to be able to kind of produce right away. Do you think he will take to that pressure? Um, okay. Uh, again, just from what you've seen. Yeah, because um, I've, I've, I've seen him when he's frustrated.
1: Okay. Right? And, and I saw what teams did to try to frustrate him. And I saw him improve in that way. Um they're the the game against uh, one of the second games of the conference season, playing at St. Joe's, and they weren't very good this year. And they began the game by having a six three former walk on.
0: Oh goodness!
1: Okay, so w- what do you think that strategy was? I mean, th- that kid was there to give five fouls and and just all he did was pull and grab and push and shove and claw and scratch and, and then and then if Obi did get the ball, then three other guys would collapse on him.
0: okay? They weren't going to let him beat them.
1: Right. And so he just he just kicked the ball out. he, he became, he became a, a, a much better passer that game because he said, oh, okay, all right, um, you're frustrated." And he was frustrated. I mean, it wasn't like the, the light bulb went off in the middle of that game. Uh, he got he got in some foul trouble because he did try to put press it a little bit, mm-hmm. but then thereafter his ability to handle the attention that was the opponents were giving him and his ability to still impact games uh, improved dramatically. Because there again he's a he's a good uh, he's a good student of the game. You know he saw the film he saw it. Coach just and 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 he was blessed with having some really good teammates too.
0: Well, I mean, you don't get to be the whatever the you know, number one team in the country, essentially. I'm happy you brought up his playmaking because, you know, everybody thinks modern NBA, you got to be able to shoot, you know, his three-point shots coming along. To me, the most exciting part of his ceiling isn't, I mean, the shot will matter, but it's the playmaking. And we saw some really high, you obviously saw all of them, some really high-level passes for Moby this year. Um, Do you think there is maybe, again, you know, yes, he's 22. But do you think there's, with the traits how much he seems to be improving steadily along the way do you think there's even more of a ceiling there for him as as maybe a playmaking big at the next level
1: yeah i think that's i mean that's where he's you know his uh, his ability to play above the rim is there yeah uh, he's he's he, he's, a, he, he's a he's he's a good three point shooter he's a good free throw shooter yeah. he's not a great rebounder i think where he can improve is he needs to become a greedy rebounder. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use, I'm going to steal that from you. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love guys that are greedy rebounders that they don't, that they only, not only they want to out-rebound the opponent, they want to out-rebound their teammates. They want them all. That's I mean, fine. That's, and, and I, yeah, I mean that, that's one thing you don't, you know, greedy shooters can get you in trouble. Greedy, <laughs> you know, a greedy rebounder will never uh, be a problem. And no. I, I think he's got, I think he needs to be a little bit more greedy as a rebounder. And he knows he's got to improve as a defensive player. He was, you know, his, you know, his, his, assist to turn, his assist to turnover and steal ratio, those numbers weren't bad last year. He didn't turn no. the ball over a whole lot. And he was um, usually getting, a, you know, averaging over one steal per game, you know, playing as, as, as a, as a five man didn't and block. he
0: showed a little room protection at times, not, you know,
1: there's work to be and, done, but yeah. Yeah. But so, I mean, I mean, there's, there's something to work on there and there's some room for growth. He's, he's got the potential to be a lot better player than he is right now. And he wants
0: to be. Um, Last couple. And then I'm going to get you out of here. Um, They, this may be just in terms of wins and losses, not, not the best. Well, depending on what they do, there's the Knicks are always, you know, their name comes up when these big, you know, names are are on the market or whatever. Um, Do you think he, You've kind of talked about it already. Do you think he's cool being in this for the long haul? Understanding, like, okay, we're at step one here with the Knicks, um, but I'm I'm here to build this. Like this, I understand this is a foundation to something bigger. His his first year, he's sitting on the bench,
1: watching his team win 14 games. Hmm. Okay, you know his next year, they got a little better, and then last year, you know, the greatest season. Uh, in Dayton basketball, you know, and and he was very he was frustrated that first year because he couldn't help. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but he, there again, he attacked it in practice. You thought, well, if I can be really great in practice, I can make these guys better. I can help us that way. So I, I think, though, for him to have seen his three years in college be losing season. NIT first round and out season and top three in the nation. Um, So he was part of it and he realizes he was part of it. And I think, I think he'll have, you know, the pay, I mean, he can take, he'll, he'll take some lumps. Nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose, but I think that he's not going to accept losing. I love that. But he will he will use it. He will use it to try to get better.
0: Um, last thing, um, you know, if you do succeed in New York and, you know, getting ahead of ourselves here, um, the spotlight is, is bright. Um, you get a lot of attention. Uh, he seems, again, you've described that he seems like a phenomenal young man. Um, you, you think if this thing does go well, you, um, do you think he's going to be okay with with that progression? Hopefully again this is a good problem to have. Yeah. Um I mean it,
1: it, you know what he handled he handled being the national player of the year in college and being the star on a uh program that in a basketball crazy town. Mm. He, he handled it pretty he handled himself well. Um he'll have he'll need I'll tell you what if you know anyone with the Knicks, <laughs> he'll need a handler. Okay. I, I think they could probably provide that. Okay. And when I say a handler, he needs, he needs someone that says, "Obie, you got to get on the bus. Now you, you can't sign more autographs, <laughs> you know, Obie, quit, quit posing for pictures. You know, we've okay. got to get off the floor. Um, you know, Obi, you're not going to be able, you know, you no, we're, we're not going to do that uh, that interview. We're not going to go to that TV show. No, you, 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 we've, we've got to get to practice now. Okay. That's what he's going to need. Okay. He is, you know, he is going to, uh, you got to love someone that likes, he likes being Obi Toppin. What's no wrong with that? He's comfortable. I'd like being Obi
0: Toppin if I was Obi Toppin. Where, yeah, but he's, so com- like?
1: he's comfortable in his own skin. You yeah. know, this is not a guy that's going to be this moody, pouting, you know, star you know, he's a guy that's, he's going to play the game with joy. He's going to um, make his teammates better. He's going to, you know, before he ever sat foot um, on the floor for Dayton, you know, fans would come up to me and they'd say, all right, Larry, you've been to practice, you know, and then back then he had this goofy hairdo. It was like, you know, and what about the guy with the funny hair? What can you tell me about him? (laughs) And I said, well, I can describe him in three ways. He's athletic, he's energetic, and he's coachable. I don't know how that will come to fruition, but I think
0: that that is a basis for success. And it seems like it has been. Um, when uh, we get you know, the ability to actually watch games live, uh, hopefully if you have... You know, a free weekend or something, and he's playing well. Maybe come back up uh, or come up to New York, catch a game live. I'll have to. I'll have to see you then. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you
1: know you're going to see an awful lot once we once they start letting people in MSG. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of people from Dayton. (laughs) I I look forward to it. I I can remember. You know, I'm back in 2010. Dayton won the NIT, beat North Carolina. And um so I'm there in New York. We stay at the Marriott Marquis and I decided one day to walk to uh MSG for the practice, for the shoot around that day. Okay. Nice day. I get a, get a walk in, you know. And Not I'm a bad walking, area. I'm walking down the street there in New York City and I got people honking the horn at me, you <laughs> know, waving, saying "Go Flyers." That's great. You know, and so uh Dayton, you know, you are gonna see a lot of Dayton gear at Dayton Madison Travels Square Garden this year. Dayton Dayton travels and um hey, I already I I bought my Nick's hat yesterday.
0: Hey, all right, that's what we need. There you um, go. I mean, this this town is gonna to be uh Nick's crazy. Uh, well, listen, we will take all the support that we could get. Um, Larry Hansgen, you are, uh, an absolute legend. Uh, thank you for gracing this podcast can, with your can presence. I get in,
1: can I get in one selfish plug?
0: I was about to ask you anything, uh, you know, where can, where can the folks find you? Where can they see
1: you? Well, um, if you're in Dayton, uh, 1290 AM 95, 7 FM, uh, W H I O. We O. We're also, you can, uh, listen to a streaming, uh, streaming of the basketball games and what have you, uh, as well. And, um, if you want to know more about Obi Toppin, you want to know about this team, this culture, um, it's available now on Amazon, Bigger Than Basketball, the Dayton Flyers' Greatest Season, um, book that I wrote over the course of this uh, quarantine summer, and it's uh, been out for about a week on Amazon, uh, seems to be moving well, and and your, uh, your, your, your podcast uh, followers are more than welcome to go to Amazon and buy the book and learn a little bit more about Obi Toppin and the Dayton Flyers.
0: I'll tell you what, um, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, we'll just go to um, your, wherever you you're getting your podcast, we'll put a link to that book right there. So if you want to um, order that, just go find where you got the pod and we'll have it there. And I'll also um, make sure I tag that link on uh, Twitter when I um, put this out. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to learn a little bit, a little bit more about the uh, Nick's latest uh, draft pick, um, I Needless to say, strongly recommend taking advantage of that. Larry, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure people are really going to enjoy this. All right. Go Flyers, go Knicks. <laughs> go Flyers and go Knicks, indeed.